One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Common Sense. Talk I'll radio. I'll censor tonight the dreaded sensitivity readers who ransacked Roald Dahl now turn their wicked gaze onto the Beano. Could teaching children that everything is offensive be one of the reasons why they're all now so anxious. We'll debate. Fears of an AI takeover in Hollywood has sparked the biggest actor strike in decades. Now there are plans for an iris-scanning global AI bank. Should we be afraid? Two of the biggest human brains in the business will join me live. Plus, they're the viral pranksters winning hearts and minds by playing Just Stop oil cretins at their own irritating game. We'll reveal the creators behind Just Stop peeing everyone off. Live from the news building in London, this is Piers Morgan Uncensored. Well, good evening. Welcome uh, to Piers Morgan Uncensored, live from London. Sounds very difficult to be young in today's world. Barely a day passes without stories of profound woe amongst our youth. Kids' mental health is in crisis, we're told. Anxiety and depression rampant among children. There's even a child anxiety epidemic right here in the UK, apparently. It all sounds very alarming. It's also a bit confusing because, generally speaking, the world is getting more prosperous, less poor, safer, there are fewer wars, uh, people are living longer and healthier. It should be that young people feel quite happy, actually. Now that we've come through the pandemic, they should be, but they're not. And social media probably has a lot to do with that. An entire digital world of vipers exists where self-esteem can be measured directly in likes. Even I would worry about that if I wasn't, well, so well-liked. But perhaps there's a bigger problem here, and it's us, we ghastly adults, who at some point decided we should teach children to be mortally offended by everyone and utterly terrified of everything and that they could win at everything and never lose. Fresh from ransacking Roald Dahl's legendary children's stories, so-called sensitivity readers... God, that phrase just fills my skin with horror. Doesn't it yours? They make you just literally sensitivity readers. I've now said about cancelling... You guessed it, this. Come on, plug, throw the ball! <laughs> What are you doing in my pea soup? I used to love the bastard kids in the Beano. Those mischievous little rogues in Britain's best-loved comic book. They were always problematic. It's why I like them. I like them being problematic. They've entertained children for 67 years without complaint. You know what? Kids can be problematic. I've had four of them. The consultants from Inclusive Minds, 
The very same people who censor Roald Dahl's books have quietly decided there needs to be some changes. Of course they do. The B now now takes professional advice from its committee of fun police, which has helped to rebrand its characters and vet its back catalogue. Spotty, who is called Spotty because he's spotty, is now known as Scotty. He's still got spots, you just can't say it. And Fatty, who is called Fatty because he's a fatty, is now known as Freddy, even though he's still fat. We just can't call him that. The kids have been joined by five new pupils, including Harsha, Mahira and Mandira, in order to be more inclusive. Mandira is featured in storylines about mental health to apparently highlight the anxieties facing children. Perhaps they should do one about Mandira being warned that her friend Fatty is offensive. This is from the same set of geniuses who changed cloud men to cloud people in James and the Giant Peach and decided the black tractors in Fantastic Mr Fox could not be described as black because it was potentially racist to other tractors, presumably. Now, there are two points here. The first is about censorship. If we continue to rewrite every work of fiction based on today's sensibilities, you're going to have to keep doing it every 10 years until you're left with a sanitised slab of nonsense that bears zero resemblance to the original. The context of when something was written is part of what makes it informative and interesting. The second point is this. We heard a hell of a lot less about child anxiety when Fatty and Spotty were on the loose because they were considered to be funny then. It was a joke. It was a cartoon. If we genuinely want our kids to feel happier and less anxious, maybe we should stop teaching them constantly that the entire world is out to get them. Show them how to be less offended by absolutely everything. Stop allowing them to all get a prize in everything they compete in at school so they all think that they're winners when sometimes they're not. Because none of that is a proper preparation for the real world, the one that in Barbie land is such a shock to Margot Robbie when she gets to it. The real world, I'm afraid, is warts and all. It can be tough out there. So why don't we prepare kids for how to handle it rather than cover them in cotton wool? Well, I'm joined now by broadcaster and former Brexit MEP, Alex Phillips, talk to the contributor and lawyer, Paula Ron Adrian, and political journalist, Ava Santina. All right, um, Alex, I, no, I brought up four kids. Uh, I'm not perfect by any means. I mean, nearly perfect as a father, probably. Um, but this sanitising of everything, this overprotection, this wrapping in cotton wool, this nobody can lose, nobody can be called any funny names in cartoons, blah, blah, blah. Is it, a, it's exhausting. And B, all it seems to be doing is increasing the amount of anxiety in kids. All the figures show the situation's getting worse, not better. I would argue this strategy hasn't worked. It's had the opposite effect. Yeah, it's utter madness. I mean, what we seem to be doing as a society now is making our kids into little hypochondriacs to worry about everything, to mm. police their own language at the time they should be learning how to develop their communication skills, to see everything through the prism of race, to see everything through the prism of gender. And then at the same time, the things perhaps we should protect them from, adult fetish, pornography, we're, we're foisting upon them at an alarming rate. And I don't understand what children are supposed to be anymore. Mm. Are they supposed to engage with this adult world of critical race theory and uh, extreme adult content? A hundred genders. There, there, yeah, there is no more innocence. Safeguarding has gone out the window. All right, Paula, we've discussed a lot of these issues, mm. all right? And I get that some kids are anxious. I've met quite a few kids who have a lot of anxiety problems. I think a lot of it is social media driven. I think a lot of it is dopamine driven. 
that they're exposed through social media to a constant barrage of imagery from wars and other things, which we simply would never have seen when I was a kid. So I think that cannot be overlooked, this constant sensory overload impacting negatively. And yet all the statistics will show young people, if they're calmly explained, there's never been a better time to be alive, actually. But the statistics will also tell you, Piers, about the suicide rate amongst children, about how their mental health is suffering, about how children are being bullied, both personally and online in the social world, Mm. social media world. And so when we look at the Beano, what surprised me about this story is that we weren't applauding what the Beano were doing. We weren't, you know, saying we weren't championing what they were doing, which is to stop children from calling each other names because... That's not appropriate. Well, you think it's it's going to stop because the Beano stops using names? I mean, come on. But, well, yes, I do, actually, because it's teaching children that it's not appropriate. And you call somebody by their name, which is Frank, John, Paula or Alex. You don't call them spotty. You don't call them darky. You don't call them fatty. You call them by their name. And so what you are doing by... uh, What the Beano is doing is acknowledging that it's anachronistic in its style and that it shouldn't be, that it should be taking responsibility for providing a positive message for children. Stop being mean, children. Yeah, but the trouble is life is tough, Ava. Life is very mean. You know, I always remind people of the Rocky Balboa speech to his son, who's a spoiled, entitled brat in the sixth movie. And eventually Rocky loses it with him in the street and says, look, life is hard. It will beat you down, right? And the challenge of succeeding in life is how many times you can get back up and keep moving forward. It's not how hard you can punch. It's about how hard you can get punched and keep going. We know this. Mm-hmm. And I, my argument is I think we're just not preparing kids properly for the real world. And, and trying to create this kind of Barbie-style utopia where no-one's mean, no-one uses mean words, all that kind of thing, means you basically have to airbrush now every work of literature going back in history, because it was all full of mean stuff. No, I think you're it was, it was. Come on. From Roald Dahl to the Beano, they're all getting censored. Right. I don't get it. I don't get any of it works. I think it's quite obvious that parents probably don't want to sit down in 2023 and read a bedtime story to their child about, you know, mm. fatty and spotty. I think it's probably Mark. I do. Hang on, I think it's probably market forces that have dictated it. And you love the free market. And I think they've probably looked at it and gone, do you know what, Beano not really being consumed anymore. Why don't we try to get this, you know, somehow purchased and back in schools, back at bedtime. And that's, this is how they've responded. Well, let me throw this back at you. My daughter calls, she's 11. She calls me fatty all the time, right? And does this to me all the time. Good, it makes me go to the gym. Didn't know this morning. <laughs> I was actually, that's very, very different. From I was actually Barbie pressing this morning to to uh, female trainers. I mean, this is how I this is how I, how I flow. But the point is, I'm not offended mm-hmm. when she does that. I think it's funny, right? It used to be you could laugh at stuff like that. But what we're now in, we're now in a world where Cosmopolitan magazine, one of the most influential magazines for young women in this country, puts a 305 pound model model on the front cover and doesn't mention anywhere in the text, either on the cover or inside, that this is morbidly obese and very dangerous. OK. It's said we celebrate being incredibly fat. But if you dare to use the word fatty in the Beano about a fictitious character, all hell breaks loose, the sensitivity beliefs get called in, it all has to be changed. Explain to me how that is good for society or good for the well-being of young women who think that being 305 pounds when you're five foot two is a great thing to be. It's 
body positive. Because okay. no-one's got the gumption to go, sorry, you are morbidly obese, you're going to die. And by the way, if you all want to be this fat, you're all going to die too. But then we should have done that for the models who are 80 pounds and six mm. foot tall who were on magazines for 20 years and gave, you know, the whole world eating disorders. I said the same thing about the, you know, the Size Zero yes, campaign. I said that was any, wrong too. There was never any warning on there of how women achieved that body frame. No one ever talked about the smoking. Never. No one ever talked about the drug taking or the excessive dieting. None of that ever appeared in a magazine. And Piers, I guarantee your daughter, when she calls you fatty, and you have that lovely little inside joke. You're not you have, fatty, no, but you have she's a good, to, you can't. But when you have a good joke about it and you're having, you know, yeah. this nice, lovely moment, I guarantee you didn't teach her that word. That's probably something she's picked up and now you enjoy and you have a nice laugh. Yeah, you know what she's but picked it up? you didn't teach her that. She's picked it up because actually kids do that kind of thing. They're kids, yeah. right? They're not going to stop because the beanos changes be everyone's name. you taught her that word, wouldn't it? If huh? you were at bedtime and you taught her that word from the beano book, that would be a bit strange. I just think I've tried to teach my all my kids... Just don't worry about... The old, my, my mother always told me, you know, we talk about the patriarchy. I lived in a matriarchy with these wonderfully strong women in my family, my grandmother, my mother, my sister, my daughter's inheriting the same thing. And it's just that sticks and stones will break your bones, oh, but words yes. will never hurt Come you. On, You're yes. very much a, never mind sticks and stones, words are far worse. They're not. But They're literally is, not. Is, and you know that that's not true. I do that's not a, know it's true. I think that's a really dangerous theory to push. No. We know that words hurt. We know that because our law recognises that fact, that people are often mistreated with words and that it can impact on their lives. We know that bullying, which doesn't have to include physical attacks... Mm -hmm. When we're talking about a verbal assault on somebody, it can often have the same threatening and intimidating effect as it could if you were physically assaulted. Mm. So I know, to, but my point well, is... Well, if you say... I you know. know. Well, then, if you say you know, then we need to acknowledge but that because they are viewers watching this yeah. who think it's appropriate to stand over a partner and shout abuse at them in their face or to even Don't whisper it... That? Or to even whisper it in their... I don't know there's any viewers. Some, because my viewers are not those sort of people. Uh, let's... Oh, absolutely not. I would hope I would that, I'd hope that they're not. I have a discerning audience. I'd hope that they're not. Um, but Sadiq Khan recognises right. that abuse can be verbal as right. well you're as You're never going to persuade me that verbal uh, mockery and stupid phrases is ever going to come close to physical violence. Well, maybe Meghan Markle might be able to do that. Well, Meghan Markle dishes it out like anyone I've ever seen in my life. She thinks it's fine to call the royal family a bunch of horrible racist scumbags no. and make hundreds of millions of dollars. You never complain when she does that. But you or you only complain if people say how disgusting. But you say that that is not appropriate, and that's exactly the example that I wanted you no, to no, give. No, no, you're missing it's my point completely. It's not appropriate to use language you're not going to sanitise the world, Paula. You're not. We, You're not going to stop people sanitize. being mean. We don't the have to sanitise the world. Is we a can mean teach place. people to be kind. All right, let's teach people. Kindness. What about teaching people to just state the bleeding obvious? So, uh, in the Women's World Cup, it's called the Women's World Cup. We have a new superstar, the Canada midfielder Quinn. Goes by the name Quinn. Wasn't the name that Quinn was born with, but Quinn has been heralded, celebrated this week as the first transgender non-binary footballer to play in the Women's World Cup, to which my response when I read this was, hang on a second, hang on. Is she... Is she... A, is she, they, whatever... Is she a biological male... Tra no, no, it turned out she's a biological not, female. Not she, so... So what is she? Well, whatever they'd like to go... Let's go... Well, hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Just to be clear, just to be clear. I think, oh, Quinn, I, I haven't Quinn, asked they question. and Quinn. I haven't, asked a, I haven't asked a question yet. She's a... They, they. she, is a transgender non-binary... Mm -hmm. What is that? 
well, how can you be transgender Quinn, and non-binary? Because that's what they are. I but thought non-binary meant you were neither you know one what, nor the you other. What Quinn also is is an Olympic. No, hang on, medalist. hang on. Sorry, I, so, thought, I thought transgender meant you, you literally okay. male well, to female, female to male. Turns out the non-binary is not the same well, as transgender. I, would or it is. I don't want to put words in their mouth, but I would say that's probably because they're not allowed to take the correct amount of testosterone because they are still playing in the women's team, and so I would assume no, they are saying they're non-binary. Any testosterone. No, doesn't want to be exactly, a, that's what I'm saying. So Quinn I, doesn't want to be male. Because Quinn can't compete. Quinn is a Quinn female playing against females, but now doesn't want, want to identify because as a woman. Because you won't let her play on the male oh, team. No, no, you're, the, on the male you're missing team. the point. She doesn't want to play on the male team. But she doesn't, she's not actually they trans... They Quinn might like no, to do that. No, Quinn wants to be a... An ex-woman, Alex. Who, so hang on, Paula. Hang, no, no. Who's upset Paula, about this? Stop, stop being you, mean by interrupting. I'm coming to Alex. Alex. I just want to get my head around this. She's a transgender, <laughs> non-binary ex-woman. So my question is, if you're no longer identifying as a woman, what are you doing playing in the Women's World Cup? Not my title. That is the official title of a tournament. She doesn't qualify. They, they don't qualify, even though there's only one of them. They don't qualify for the Women's World Cup because they used to be a woman, but now they don't want to be a woman. So now we have to call them they for being a transgender, even though they're non-binary, and they're still playing in the Women's World Cup, and we're all supposed to go, well done, Quinn, what a moment! What a moment! I'm but no-one's really quite sure... No-one's quite sure what we're celebrating. Quinn. Alex, what change. are we celebrating? The rules change all the time. It's like we're bestowing upon people who have gender dysphoria some sort of magical, extra special power that normal people don't have. And I don't care, frankly, mm. how many scores have they, how many goals have they scored? Mm -hmm. You know, that's more interesting if you're a professional. Paula, why is somebody, why is somebody who doesn't consider themselves a woman in the Women's World Cup? Explain to me. Because where else are they going to be able uh, to... In a trans or non-binary tournament? Uh, I, no I, don't, I don't see one. And uh, I certainly don't see one. I keep being told there are millions... I keep being told there are millions of trans the people world around stage. the world. Great, have your own tournament. So, Piers, if you and I want to set one up, then I'm I'm all for that. Swimming, you've just done it today. Fantastic. So, why don't we do that? Great. So, instead of being so angry... you accept they shouldn't be competing? No, I do not in, accept in that. In Quinn's case... No, I do not accept that. Quinn's you asked case, me what options did this person have. Quinn? None was my answer. None. Uh, yes. No options did this person yes. have to perform on their world stage. Look at your mournful stage. little faces. You both know this is such... No, you, want you do. You be angry, people. Look at your you faces. Don't need to. Just, what you need to do why are you not angry? Why are you not angry to protect... and applaud. Why don't you want to protect women? Why is it always left to me to protect women? The women are right? protected. What, what They're this? not. This why person has gone and they've won an Olympic medal and now they are playing successfully Doesn't want to be a woman. I don't see what the problem doesn't is. Doesn't want to be a woman. Hates the idea of being a woman. I don't know about hatred. Yes! Do you know what I mean? I, 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 my understanding is they've not had any sort of testosterone, so there's no biological. No, no, she's, she's a. The caveat on playing in, in the sport. Yes. I don't care. Just stop but telling us all, all about to, your great moves to be a transgender, non binary, whatever. Just get Nobody, on cares. With it. Yeah. Nobody cares. Nobody um, cares. Tell you what I do care about. The boss of Nat West, Alison Rose, has now admitted in this Nigel Farage Coots bank fiasco. A serious error of judgment. Turns out she admits she sat next to the top BBC journalist the night before the BBC journalist tweets the real story about Nigel Farage is that actually it wasn't to do with his political views that he was removed from a Coots account. It was because of his financial situation. Turns out to be a total lie because Nigel Farage got under the data rules. He got all the minutes from the meeting where it was clearly his, his political views. Ava, whichever side you're on on this, politically, 
makes no difference to me. I've got no truck to support Farage at all. He's tried to stiff me over Donald Trump, as I've said. Uh, as I've said, and he's got a lot of pain coming his way for that. So that's a different feud rumbling away. However, on this, I'm a Coots account holder. I ran Coots today and I said, right, come on, have you got one of these on me? And I was told I'm not a politically whatever it is person. So they haven't, they assured me. But they've had a lot of calls from clients asking, am I, am I next for this, right? What have you got on me? Is it my political views? What are you holding on me? This is not right in a democracy like this, that people's political opinions lead to them having their bank account cancelled. It's just not. OK, let's just... Can we make one thing crystal clear, which is that Coots is a very selective bank. Mm. So, it, you know, Nigel Farage was offered a bank account with NatWest. Not West. with Coots. He wasn't going to be just thrown out. I mean, I can't go and get a bank account with Coots. You know, mm. they are very selective. And But, but however... Her briefing, the CEO briefing, uh, the BBC business journalist is absolutely extraordinary. I mean, I mean to me, I can't understand how you can talk about someone's financial matters. Totally agree. I don't understand. Paula, that. on that alone, it's yeah. just a massive breach of his privacy. And I, and I have to say, and it's it's on the record now. You called it last week, Piers, right. when we discussed this. You did. Yeah. Um, and you're absolutely right to have said what you did last week because <laughs> it make it it's it's just uncomfortable whichever way you look at it. Completely wrong. Um, Whether and, it's and, somebody in the street or Nigel yeah. Farage or the Queen. I mean, the Queen needs to back. Somebody in the street, though. Let's talk about this in proportion. No, no, like no, no, no. I read everyone. through every word of of their meeting, and Alex, the truth is, you know Nigel well. Yeah. The truth is, there was nothing in there other than apparently you knew Donald Trump. He liked Novak Djokovic's tweets. I mean, the whole thing was ridiculous. But, I mean, it's a personal vendetta, isn't it? And the yeah. problem... I and mean, what we've actually found out since Nigel told the world about this story is this is happening to countless yeah. normal people. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's really quite dystopian. It's worrying. It's like the Chinese social credit system. Believe what we believe or you can't have access to... Also, money. you've got to trust your bank, it's, right? How can somebody who runs one of the banks? biggest banks in the country... Brief to a journalist, right. inaccurate, yeah. smeary information. And, and that lines a little thing there, just to correct something, which is that the reason that some people are being turned away from banks now is because they want to deal in cash and banks no longer want to deal in cash. That is entirely different from political views. We've got two different stories here that are getting a little bit... That's a different issue. No, but, but if we're going to say that, we should... The clear issue here is if you have certain opinions, it should not be down to a bank to decide your opinions don't suit their values. It's nonsense. Because, I, I his, by say, the way, I, I, his, views, his views are shared by about 16.5 million people well, in this country. To be fair, I do get to choose who I bank with. So, for example, I'm aware of one bank, and I think it's the Cooperative Bank, if they still do, that were very clear and ran an advertising campaign about mm. how they would invest your money um, in environmentally friendly, for example, projects. That's a good thing, and I can choose whether I want to bank right. the co-op or not. They should also have the opportunity to decide no, whether they on. want me as but a customer. But hold on, if this was, if this is, when this is on the other foot, yeah, exactly. and a bakery in Ireland says, I don't want to bake a gay we wedding are, yeah. cake... Oh, suddenly, all hell broke loose. No, suddenly all hell not, breaks We are loose. talking so, about... You know, so, it, look, if we're talking about race... If, if, if Coots says... By the way, this has happened to Jeremy... This happened to Jeremy Corbyn. Just imagine what would have happened. If Coots has said, I don't want to bank with you because you're white, or I don't want to bank... Or you, you to bank with us because you're gay, then, of course, we're having a different conversation. Of course. Are we They're not having... Are we you there? cannot compare think, what Coots did to that case. All right. Come on. Are we all agreed, though, that this boss should probably not be in her job? Yeah, she should shuffle off uh, at it's this definitely, point. It's definitely a grievance issue, isn't and it? And are we agreed that, as a result, uh, unlike the theme of Barbie, women shouldn't really be put in top jobs? Because <laughs> <laughs> they, just, they just can't be trusted. Wait, <laughs> as Sadiq Khan would say. Wait! We haven't even got around... I actually think Sadiq Khan's onto something there. Because when I'm with my village mates, 
we do sometimes if somebody crosses a line is inappropriate. Yeah. Someone will go, mate, come on. It is it. actually quite a good little... Certainly in the villages. Mate, come you, on. Are you defending Sadiq Khan? Yeah. This is a, this is a I've agreed with him twice running. Last night about pollution. He's bang on about pollution. Ever since I got air purifiers in my house, I'm a different beast. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. it's transformed my health. Mm -hmm. Just living in a very polluted area in London, I now have air purifiers. Don't go out when the air's bad and, and I feel great. And I tell everyone who's out there who's got problems with red eyes, streaming, sinus, all that stuff you think maybe hay fever, I bet it's pollution. Go and get air purifiers, shut the windows, only go out when your app tells you to. Trust me, you'll feel exactly like I do. I'm going to get Piers a Just Stop Oil yes. um, jacket. That's not going like too it. far. Right, thank you, Pac. Uh, good to see you. I'll send us the next Meta Press Officer Nick Clegg says artificial intelligence is too stupid to take over the world and we should leave it all in their capable hands, which sounds to me like an incredibly stupid thing to be saying. My next guest says it's like an atomic bomb and we're in a new Cuba missile crisis. And I suspect he knows a bit more about it than Nick Clegg. We'll debate this after the break. Welcome back to Piers Morgan Uncensored. AI threatens to radically reshape the world economy in the increasingly near future. Hollywood, too, is on guard. The perceived threat of AI has driven both writers and actors to walk out in their first double strike for more than 60 years. And today, ChatGPT founder Sam Altman unveiled a global currency, which gives out digital coins in exchange for a scan of their eyeballs. It all sounds very futuristic and quite alarming, doesn't it? Well, not according to Meta Press Officer Nick Clegg. You might remember him. He used to be a politician here, who says that AI is actually very stupid and we should let companies like his, Facebook, Meta, just get on with it. I think a lot of the sort of existential warnings, the warnings of existential threats, relate to models that don't currently exist, so-called super-intelligent, you know, super-powerful uh, AI models. The models that we're open-sourcing are far, far, far short of that. In fact, in many ways, they're quite stupid. Really? Well, joining me to discuss the issue is the former Google ex-chief business officer, Mo Gordat, and the godfather of virtual reality, Jaron Lani. Well, welcome to both of you. All right, Mo, apparently... It's stupid, AI. Nothing to worry about. Nothing to see here. I mean, in, in a very interesting way, it's not there yet, but the question is when will it get to super intelligence is what most AI developers will not talk Isn't about. Isn't it stupid, though, to think right now that it's stupid? Absolutely. I mean, in, in the, 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 when, we, when we met last time, I told you that ChatGPT today is 155 IQ. That's compared to Einstein at 160. But the stupidity comes from the types of intelligence, because when you really understand that intelligence is not just IQ, you need EQ, emotional intelligence or empathy, you need uh, you know, creativity, intuition, and so on. And AI today is being developed by a bunch of very masculine developers sitting somewhere talking about IQ, IQ, IQ. And when you really think about it, what destroyed our world or got us to where we are today in climate change and other topics is that we're de so dependent on IQ and we have no empathy to the planet, no empathy to other beings. It's, uh, it's put that on steroids and we could be in a very dangerous place. Jaron Lani, in a recent survey, 42% of CEOs said AI could destroy humanity in five to 10 years. I mean, do you share anything like that kind of view if it got out of hand? Well, it wouldn't be AI destroying humanity. It would be us destroying 
ourselves. Like the, the real issue is whether we become stupid. And unfortunately, we can use computer software to make ourselves stupid. We do it on social media all the time, every day. Uh, and, you know, really all AI is, at least the kind of AI that we're building now, is a mashup of what people put into it. Uh, one person puts in a picture of a cat, another person puts in a certain style of painting, and you say, can I get that cat as painted by that person? And that's the kind of thing we can do. And that's great. It has a lot of uses. Um, but the danger is that we perceive it as being much more than that, and we put, uh, indeed, a stupid thing in control. And, you know, my response to Nick Clegg is that a stupid adversary can be much more dangerous than yeah. a smart adversary, you yeah. know? And so just saying, talk about whether it's stupid or smart in a way doesn't help us, you know, like that's not the main issue. The question is, are we stupid or smart? And um, I'm a little concerned that we're just giving, we're creating this almost like this religion uh, around AI as this new super being. And I think doing that makes us stupid. I think that's the core of the problem. What should we be doing then with AI? How should we be positioning it, treating it? Well, I think we should look at the real scenarios for harm that are possible. And the one right now that I think is the most likely is not so much that the AI will break out of a jail and take over all the weapons and kill us, which we've seen in the movies many times, like in the Terminator movies. Um, I think the greater danger is that we'll overwhelm ourselves with deep fakes and nonsense and personally tailored propaganda, maybe at a crucial moment when we can least afford it. Um, I, I, I hate to say this, but like the scenario that really bugs me is that um, we currently have a situation where the main social media platform that young people use is called TikTok, and it's ultimately controlled by China. Mm. And I don't want to lose myself to paranoia over China. Uh, but it is true that there's a plausible scenario where we end up in a, a, a conflict with them. And if that day comes, they'll have all this data about every all the kids of key people in the military and industry and government, their the interiors of their homes. It's not quite economic yet to do it, but before too long, they might be able to create massive highly uh, personalized and tailored deep fakes that just um, yeah. stress everyone out. And yeah. then you lose 20 minutes until you figure out it's a fake. But that's the crucial 20 I minutes. Think that's, I think you're spot on because TikTok is the number one news source now for most young people. Uh, Mo, just trying to be positive as well as looking at the kind of potential horrific downside of this. Take things like disease, heart disease, cancer, things like this, which humans have really struggled to conquer how fast could ai find a cure for all cancers for example i mean how realistic is it that ai can do that job infinitely better than humans definitely faster than humans and definitely fast uh, it's the question uh, which i agree 100 percent the the it's we can be stupid the the, the reality of humanity is that uh, capitalism doesn't make them the larger amounts of money uh, from helping others. Uh, you know, capitalism makes larger amounts of money uh, from patenting uh, medicine in a way or creating weapons and so on and so forth. It's the idea of us using intelligence in the right way 
requires us to believe that there is going to be an abundance that's sufficient for all of us so that we don't need to compete for those limited uh, resources. But have you heard of, for example, AI's work in medicine and science now beginning to really accelerate in a beneficial way? Because people will watch this, and it, these conversations terrify people, right? I mean, you know, you hear people as, as eminent and expert as you two talking about what could happen with it. It's pretty scary. It's, it's infinitely... I always say it's a singularity. We, we have the potential to create a utopia and also the potential mm. to mess it up, right? Mm. And it is infinitely a big gift for humanity. If we were able to use this kind of intelligence, intelligence has no inherent negative value in it. It can solve all of the problems we're facing. It can help us, you know, reverse climate change. It can help us with disease. It can help us with human connection. It can help us with uh, abundance in general. And I think it's definitely something that world leaders to, need to come together and say, let's put our differences aside and, and work on. Jaron, how do we stop nefarious forces seizing ultimate control of AI? Yeah. So, you know, in my opinion, what happened is that when we built up the internet, uh, we had an almost an ideology that we wanted the internet to be kind of mysterious. We wanted it to feel like this oracle giving us information. And so we created an internet where you never knew where something came from. It all came from people, but we don't know where. Mm. And so now we're paying the price for that uh, wanting that sense of an oracle by having an AI that we don't understand. And it's a, it's a little bit of a dumb problem we created for ourselves. If we keep track of where the examples are from people that went into the AI and then keep track of which examples were the most important every time the AI does something, then all of a sudden it'll become clear what's a deep fake, what's from a reliable source, what's propaganda, what's just incompetent or silly. Like we, we have to be able to illuminate the humans and what the humans are doing in order to understand what the machine built and operated by the humans is yeah. doing. Yeah. If we try to treat the machine as just like this entity that's supposed to make sense by itself, then there's really no possibility of understanding it because by definition, we've chosen to be blind to it. So we can basically make our AI what we choose to make it. And the question is, are we going to have the courage and the strength and the intelligence to make it a force for good, not bad? Uh, gentlemen, thank you both very much indeed. Fascinating debate and we'll keep having it. Mo, I'll be probably seeing you every two months because <laughs> that's how fast the story moves, you Absolutely. know? Absolutely. Um, it's an honour. Thank you. Answers the next. Claims of gutter politics on both sides of the Atlantic. Trump supporters have posted a remarkable attack video. Is it one of the worst attack videos ever seen? Well, Frank Luntz, my guest, thinks it might be. That's next. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to Piers Morgan Uncensored. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has today been accused of gutter politics after personally posting an attack ad tweet which claimed Labour's on the same side as criminal gangs smuggling migrants into Britain. Well, Labour itself was accused of the same thing after a viral marketing campaign accused Sunak of not believing abusers should go to jail. And if you think we've got it bad, take a look at this conspiracy-laden video posted in America today. The video was posted by an arm's-length group which makes viral pro-Trump content, and Trump often shares their videos. If I was the deep state and I wanted to destroy America, I would rig the election with a puppet candidate. I would create a false flag that allows for mail-in ballots. I would be in charge of the ballot counting machines. I would create a false flag to blame all who question the results of the election. I would make sure all crimes I ever committed never happened. I would prosecute my biggest competition. I would make sure they could never run for office ever again. I would push my pedophilia ambitions on you. Well, that goes on for several minutes uh, along the same lines. Are these the new moral battlefield of which next year's elections are set to be fought? Joining me now is political strategist and pollster Frank Luntz and Donald Trump's pastor, Mark Burns. Well, welcome to both of you. Frank Luntz, um, you tweeted this is the most alarming political ad you've seen this year. Why? I, I still don't know how to describe it. I don't know how to respond. I was so stunned at how divisive and how negative and how... It's designed to create anxiety and fear and and genuine dislike and distrust of people. Pierce, at some point, you have to say enough is enough. And I'll be curious to hear from the pastor when he counsels the former president, is this really who we are as a people? Is this really who we are as a country? Does this add or detract from our political discourse? It's getting worse and worse, and this ad frighten the living hell out of me, so I expect you're going to see a lot of it as a result. Right. So, Pastor Burns, I mean, I watched it, and it just is... This is what I call rabbit hole conspiracy theory claptrap, masquerading as mainstream politics. I mean, surely you wouldn't defend a lot of what you heard and saw in that in that commercial, would you? Well, Pierce, let me just say this. Uh, th there's a reason why uh, President Donald Trump is leading in the polls uh, statewide. There's a reason he's leading in the polls uh, nationally. There's a reason why um, he is still the front runner, even though you had all of the the, the fraudulent indictments um, that are coming against him. Uh, you know, I can't, uh, led by the Biden and his uh, DOJ, which has been weaponized to essentially uh, interfere with an election. Uh, there's a reason why the American people are still choosing Donald Trump, because he is literally the modern-day Julius Caesar, right? It was the senators, the elite, that killed off uh, Julius Caesar. It wasn't the common man. Donald Trump speaks to the common man, and that's why he's having a two-tier system uh, in America, and they're tied up, being led by people like Joe Biden and the Biden crime yeah, family. Yeah, but, Pastor, in relation to what Frank just said, is it healthy for America... 
or American politics or American democracy that you have such a nihilistic ad like this flying around social media, such a dystopian look at the country. You know, America was built on unity of a country that was welcoming to all, that fought together to become the greatest country on earth. This kind of thing looks to me like it's an incredibly divisive attempt to brush off everything that's negative about Trump is absolutely invented by the deep state. They're all out to get him. He's Julius Caesar. The knives are flying at his back. It could be that, you know, a lot of the stuff that Trump's been alleged to have done is completely true, and he shouldn't have done it. We'll find out in the court cases. But why would you, as his pastor, be happy for such overt negativity to be swarming around America? Well, Frank, uh, what, what, what is truthful, and you, you hit it right on the nail, that the American Revolution took place because the people came together for truth. Like, we had no representation, right, in England. So the people came together because of truth, fact. And the fact is, right now, we have a, a government uh, um, that is pushing a, a, a DOJ to be weaponizing against Donald Trump. But number two, we are changing sexes in America. There's a reason why Donald Trump is, is touching the Christian community by saying that he would not allow grown men to participate in female sports. The fact that we're questioning the identity of biology, male, what is a male, what is a female, but not questioning uh, Pfizer, not questioning the, the COVID vaccines that has literally done harm. Th that's not conspiracy. People are actually in the ground, right? That is not a conspiracy. Well, yeah, but Talk also, the, but, but, the, the but young mother pastor, again, who died... Pastor, who, who, pastor, who, who pastor. Took, let me finish. Who uh, no, took the let, vaccine let me just and they died. So the American people, Pierce, want truth. Okay. The American people want fact. They don't want to be killed in the dark anymore. Yeah, they Matter don't really fact, want to hear... I don't the, think the, a pastor should be saying that the only thing the COVID vaccines did was well, put see, people... Jesus well, see, Jesus hang on, Pastor, this type of pastor, I don't want to just. I don't, hear, I don't think it should. Of, of, of I don't think a pastor should be saying the only purpose of the COVID well, vaccine you, you was to put. You could not read my Bible because you let Jesus me just himself finish, had to deal with the Roman me, season. Pastor, Jesus himself had speak. to deal with those who spoke pastor, against the truth. This is my church, my church, not yours. I don't <laughs> think. Let Jesus, me come to Frank. All right, Pastor, thank you. Because he was willing to go against the political elite of the day because he gave the truth, Pastor. What you've just said about COVID vaccines was not the truth. Yes, it had some adverse side effects, but yes, actually, it saved a lot of millions of people from going under the ground. Franklin, um, what do you do when you have Donald Trump's own pastor who signs up on all this stuff and thinks that actually it's all true? You ask your question rather than make a statement. Is this the proper discourse that we should be having on your show? Is this the kind of behavior that we should be emulating for your children? Are these the priorities? Are our kids learning what they need to know to be successful in university, career, and life? Are, is this the right approach? My, my challenge in this is that I don't necessarily disagree with a lot of the points either raised by the pastor or raised by the ad. It's how it's done. Mm. And Piers, I've come my entire career, I've suddenly figured out that there's something's more important than election, decency civility, respect. These are values that are good country champions, and we're losing them in America. And one last point. We don't have to demonize each other to prove that we ourselves are correct. It doesn't require the destruction of the opposition, who are not the enemy, but the destruction of the opposition to promote the things that we promote. And here's that's what you've always stood for. And I'm sorry for this conversation, because frankly, it's an embarrassment. Yeah, Pastor, well, all I would this. say to you, Pastor, is 
Your job as a pastor, surely, is to bring people together, not to fuel division. And when but you truth, when you speak, Pierce, well, yeah, yeah, but your but idea truth. of what the truth is and mine might be different. You should be able to respect the fact that I have a different opinion to you, or that Frank does, Listen, or that the reality other people of it do. Is, okay, Pierce. So I get all that. I hear what you're saying, but the reality of it is, you're ignoring the fact that. There is but two sexes in the world. There's male, there's female. No, no, female. I agree with you about right that. Right now, we have a society no, that's no, trying pastor, to tell us otherwise. Pastor, that you're, is not you're true. barking up the there's wrong tree. Pastor, I agree with you about that. That. Donald, that Donald Trump is fighting against. This is why he's leading in the polls. This is why he's raising money, because he is God's anointed. And I understand that the powers that be, like yourself, who are coming, it's not love Frank. Frank Lux, I love Frank. Right? But, but, but Frank, of course, he, you know, as much as I love Frank, and, and thank to you, Frank, my father has got knee surgeries. You and I had a great conversation years ago, so I love you and I respect you. But you also said that Hillary Clinton was going to be the next president of the United States of America. So we know that you don't like anything MAGA, but the American people do, right? And the American people are behind Donald Trump. That's well, why he's leaving right, the polls. Right, listen, because they know the, the Biden crime family Pastor, has weaponized the DOJ. Pastor, listen, if we're going to talk about videos, how about you talk about DeSantis' video and his Nazi imagery? Pastor, or how about his homoerotic Pastor, video that he just produced Pastor. a couple of weeks ago? We're not here to talk about DeSantis. Final word to you, Frank. Make it quick, please. We're running out of time. I'm sorry that I did this interview, and I appreciate that the pastor likes me. This is so inappropriate for British audiences, for American audiences. And if this is the direction we're headed in, Pierce, we're going to have a really bad 18 months. Yeah, I, I think Ooh. I agree with you. It's got to be a more wins. civil way to, 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 to debate. I totally agree, Frank. Uh, good to see you both, though. Frank, thank you for joining me. Pastor, thank you for joining me. Maybe go a little easy with the President Trump next time you see him. Tell him to... Just Truth dial, wins. dial Truth things wins. down a bit. Dial it down a bit. Dial down the rhetoric. Not everyone has to hate each other. Just have different opinions. Uh, good to see you both. Thank you. Uncensored next, the antidote to Just Stop Oil, a new group called Just Stop Peeing Everyone Off, is taking them on to their own game. The people behind it will be revealed next. Welcome back to Piers Morgan on Censor. Just Stop Oil protests have become a national irritation, targeting all the things that we love, like sporting events, flower shows and so on. One of their latest processions was so delightfully met by counter-protesters staging an intervention. And the group, Just Stop Peeing Everyone Off, also infiltrated a Just Stop Oil banquet. And gloriously, they had balloons which flew around which had alarms blaring off. Take a look. Oh... So fabulous, isn't it? Listening to them all getting annoyed and irritated, just like they get to irritate and annoy us. So who is behind this and is there more to come? Well, you'll be unsurprised to hear, perhaps, if you're regular viewers of the show, that it's my old friends Joshua Peters and Archie Manners who join me now with the world's top pranksters. Uh, great effort, chaps. I, I was roaring you on. When I first heard about the first one, I thought, that's got the mark of my boys. And sure enough, <laughs> it was you two. Um, You've taken me by surprise. I didn't think you'd be a fan of it. So <laughs> I, I'm really relieved that you liked it. I love it because they are so annoying. And in my view, the manner of their protests has been completely backfiring because the public are just seeing people setting out to deliberately ruin their day-to-day -day life. That's not how you bring people on the agenda with you, right? No, not at all. I think we can all agree that climate change is a very serious issue yeah. and we all know that something needs to be done 
But when you're protesting and campaigning for things, you need to bring people with you and Just Stop Oil are having the exact opposite effect on the British public. And what you don't need to do is have a socking great big party on Sunday. I mean, that doesn't right. help. That does nothing to help the environment at all. It's just there was a harp. There was a harpist, live music. They were all clinking their single-use cups. And we heard and today that... that just policing Just Stop Oil this year has cost over £7 million. Now, people are going through a cost-of-living crisis. £7 million to police these idiots who most of the time are doing idiotic things. I mean, the other day they were blockading a pregnant woman who was had a, a, a who then her boyfriend got into a fight with them. I didn't agree with the violence, but I understood why he was so defensive of his of his poor pregnant uh, partner. Another woman had a, a newborn baby in the in her car and couldn't take the baby wherever they were going to go. All this kind of thing is just like, to me, it's just moronic. It's not achieving anything. And we, in order to pull these pranks off, we had a mole inside, so we infiltrated their ranks and we followed them around for a day before we pulled any stunts. And part of the interesting thing was talking to the police men and women, who, mm. hundreds of them on Parliament mm. Square, policing this stuff. They don't want to be doing it either. No. Like, no. And they're so respectful. Of course they don't. They've yeah. got better things to do, more important things to worry about. We all agree broadly with the cause. We just don't agree with the methodology. I don't think it's changing people's hearts and minds. Are you going to carry on doing these traps? I think we'll, we'll call it a day. I think we've proved our point. Um, look... You know, I don't think you should. I think you should keep <laughs> yeah. Somebody has. Somebody has taken the Just Stop Peeing Off slogan and whacked it on I a think website. You should the be everywhere they pop up annoying people. You should be annoying <laughs> well, them. Well, Piers, on that note, we've brought you a little present. <laughs> Thank Piers, you. your very I own. That, I just will stop. wear this proud. In fact, you know, <laughs> you know who I'm going to give this to? Uh, my, my eldest son is watching tonight. He's big fans of you two. He knows you two from the nightclub scene. Uh, and he's, no, no, we uh, deny that. And he's 30, he's 30 years old tomorrow, which makes me feel unbelievably old. So, Spencer, uh, if you're wondering what your present is, it's just arrived. <laughs> uh, and I know you'll love wearing this. You can take this to Ibiza where you're going tomorrow. <laughs> so, happy birthday for tomorrow, Happy son. birthday, Spencer. 30-year-old uh, son, my God. I'd never thought that day would He's really panicked about it as well. Um, but I want him to join your group. I think they're a wonderful group to join. Uh, chaps, well done. Thank you for restoring a little bit of counter-attack to his madness and doing it with your normal panache and humour, which is the key, I think. Uh, good to see you both. Thank you for having us, Peter. All the best. Yes. Really appreciate That's it. That's it from me. We're here up to Keep it uncensored. And remember, the key message tonight is this. Just stop peeing everyone off. <laughs>